This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Was it the crucial, pivotal event it was touted to be, or was that just a lot of hype around last night's English language debate? The conventional wisdom is that the post-debate spin has more of an impact than what actually happened on the stage, and we are here with some of the best. Our crack strategy panel joins me, and of course, we want to hear from you, especially if you heard anything during or after the debate that made you change your mind or make up your mind. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And right now I welcome John Capobianco, Senior VP and Senior Partner, Fleischman Hillard, High Road, Karen Stintz, former City Councillor and current CEO of Variety Village, and Charles Bird, Managing Principal of Earns Clip Strategy Group in Toronto. Hi, everyone. Hello there. Hi, thanks Good for having afternoon. us. Okay, so uh, let's go to the convention on the spin of what happened last night. Uh, what I'm hearing from most everybody, uh, the best performer was Jagmeet Singh. Uh, but who knows if that's going to help him. Uh, Andrew Shear came out pretty strong. Most people agree. Now, I've heard two wildly different explanations of the prime minister last night, and that includes from con- top conservative strategists saying, uh, yeah, he looked prime ministerial because he wasn't in the fray, and other people s- saying he just uh, performed weekly. So, Charles, <laughs> you want to take that one? Sure. Which one are you taking, Charles? Hey. <laughs> well, right off the top, um, I think a lot of people were generally dissatisfied with the format of the debate. Um, it tended to favor one-liners over meaningful policy discussions. I think there were relevant questions asked about why it couldn't have been a three-hour debate or why it couldn't have been done over two nights. But the demands of modern television being what they are, it was what it was. Um, I would say that most people will be inclined to see the debate through their own particular partisan lens, which is to say, if you're a liberal, you're inclined to think that the prime minister did well. If you're a new Democrat, you're inclined to think Jagmeet Singh did well. Um, but trying to step back and looking at it objectively, I would say that probably the, the most interesting moment was right off the top when when Mr. Scheer launched into a pre-prepared ad hominem attack on the prime minister, um, where he referred to him as a phony and as a fraud and the kind of language that usually isn't um, associated with individuals who are trying to become prime minister of Canada. Um, and I have to think that there were very deliberate reasons for that. And I would also say that it was a, it was a pretty big calculated risk taking that kind of uh, bare-knuckled approach so early in the debate. I recognize that he'd want to get the clip as quickly as possible and as cleanly as possible. I also recognize that he's trying to motivate his base to the greatest extent possible because turnout will be a critical consideration in a race that is this tight. But um, if it backfires, it will backfire very badly among undecideds. Well, yeah, I, I wanted. 
to ask about that because I thought overall Shear came off looking strong and he needed to, but at that opening statement, which also, I mean, he wasn't answering the question that was put forth. And I thought, mm, that was a bit much. What, what, what was your take, John? Well, I, I'm one that actually was quite impressed with Andrew Shear. I thought that he did come out fighting. I thought he did so, so strong. And I think, you, you know, you can't win for trying with, uh, when you're a politician in general, but certainly with Andrew Shear, because everybody would say, oh, he smiles too much. He's too friendly. He's not strong enough. Does he have the, what it takes to be prime minister? Well, I think he shows that he's got some stick about him. And, I think that it was an important one because I think he's feeling frustrated with Justin Trudeau, as are many Canadians, about this this, hypocr- this hypocrisy of him, this issue of of you know what he's what he says one thing and what he does by way of action. And I think he just wants to reflect that anger or that frustration with him. But I thought the rest of the debate was really strong. I thought he came out really strong on policies. I thought he defended himself when he needed to defend himself. I thought he uh, went after Justin Trudeau when he needed to in a, in a way that was very much policy oriented. But I thought another good line. Uh, uh, was when, you know, again, Justin Trudeau was mentioning Doug Ford for the third or fourth time. Uh, and he came back to him and said, you know, you've got this really weird obsession with provincial politics. You know, the Liberal Party of Ontario has an opening. Why don't you run for that? And I thought that was a really good line. <laughs> that was got, a good line. But it got I the, wonder it, who thought it up. It got the crowd actually <laughs> applauding and, and laughing. But overall, I thought that um, that uh, Jagmeet Singh did fairly well. I think he, of course, he doesn't have much to, to lose. Uh, so he can go in there with a bit more of a comfort level. But I thought he did very well. Um, I wasn't sure why Maxime Bernier was there, uh, quite frankly. and uh, To make bo- Andrew Shear look moderate? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe <laughs> that's so. But yeah, but nonetheless, I thought Andrew Shear did well. Karen? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, debates are one of those necessary evils that we need to have in an election campaign. And uh, I don't think uh, going into it, um, anyone, it, you know, if you're undecided, you'd still be undecided coming out of it. Um, I think that each of them had to do their own uh, um, you know, Andrew Scheer had to shed the image that he can't make a decision, that he's not uh, prime ministerial. And I think he did that. Justin Trudeau, you know, was defending his record to the best of his ability. Um, and, you know, Jagmeet Singh, to your point, John, he had nothing to lose. And he did, he, you know, he was the one that seemed actually most comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, in terms of being able to articulate his position and the position of the party, by and large, I think there was a couple of things that uh, missed opportunities for him. But by and large, uh, I think he did very well. Um, I do think that the discussion about how we have debates needs to continue mm-hmm. because I don't know that um, having even Elizabeth May, who has two seats in the House of Commons and Maxime Bernier and the French fellow, I, I don't know how that adds to the national dialogue. And so those are sorts of the that I mean that I think that's the big takeaway is, is how are we going to have these debates if they're going to matter? And then how are they going to be held? Well, uh the two things that I found interesting that you're just so, so Maxime Bernier has 2% support. There was a big argument about whether he should be there at all. He only got in on appeal, yet he got so much airtime and it was because of the other participants they kept referring to him. So I don't know if his job there was to be a foil, both on the left and on the right, but he got a lot of opportunities to speak. And as for Elizabeth May, well, by my count, climate change got also got the most airtime. Charles, how do you see those things? Oh, that's, uh, that's uh, the big list. Um, <laughs> first off, in terms of uh, Maxime Bernier, I, 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 my view is that he actually did 
far better than most people realize, perhaps not in terms of his debate performance, but as his first opportunity to present himself to English Canadians for the most oh, part. Oh, I thought he looked pretty good. He resonated with a lot of people out there. I have some uh, accounts as of last night of some media tracking that was going on um, in terms of uh, sort of real-time polling and uh, social media that suggested that he, he did very well. Um, the other person who Karen refers to as the French fellow, uh, Yves-Francois Blanchette, the leader of the Bloc Québécois, um, also did extremely well last night. He obviously didn't have a lot to lose. Um, he was, uh, but you know, you could tell that whose seats he was going after in terms of his repeated ta- attacks on Andrew Scheer, pretty much ignoring the prime minister. And, uh, which says to me that, you know, the bloc is obviously experiencing some degree of growth, uh, in Quebec and, and, the uh, NDP, and they're targeting, the and they're targeting, uh, conservative seats. As for Elizabeth May, she had one of the lines of the night when she wheeled on Andrew Scheer and said, you're not going to be prime minister. And you could just see the look on Scheer's face of just shock and disbelief and, you know, framed the election as a choice between majority liberal or minority liberal. Well, you know what? Interestingly enough, just before we went to air, I uh, looked at a tweet and uh, Polly, which is the AI tracker of elections is predicting a liberal minority with 163 seats versus conservatives 132, which is kind of more or less what we've all been thinking for the last couple of weeks. Well, there's one more debate to go. And, and then it's also the long weekend, uh, which is upon us. And I think that's those are pretty big milestones uh, in some ways. And, and, and I think people do start to crystallize their votes and, and their intentions as we get closer to voting day. Um, but, I, you know, I think that um, and we've talked about it before, where, where people are, you know, those who are voting liberal are going to vote liberal. Those who are voting conservatives are going to vote conservatives. I think the, the debate last night didn't do much to change those. There's a big swath of voters who are are undecided that may look upon, you know, one or the other. But I also think that the dynamic between the Green and the NDP is an interesting one. I think for those who are who are liberal voters who aren't particularly happy with Justin Trudeau uh, and they're looking to park their votes somewhere else, obviously they may not go with the conservatives. Looking at how Elizabeth May conducted herself and how Jagmeet Singh conducted himself was an interesting dynamic in yesterday's race or yesterday's debate, actually. And I think um, Jagmeet would have probably come across more um, sort of likable in some ways. I think Elizabeth always has her facts absolutely right, but it's always on the environment. And it's very much a one issue uh, track, which is what she's on. And she's very powerful in that regard. And I think she they, did talk about other things like but she, she but she, she always reverted of, to the environment and, and her strength was there. Yeah. And she, she didn't kind of take it down to the people level. It was always kind of very ideological. Karen? Well, and you know, to the point that you've raised, John, even though climate change is uh, bubbling up as one of the most important issues for the nation, I don't think that Elizabeth May is going to be able to capture the imagination of the nation and get the votes that one would expect her to get, given that she has been rallying for climate and the environment since the beginning of her career. And so it's an interesting dynamic how that will play out. I think the one thing, other thing to, to, to take note of is the calculated risk that Andrew Scheer took around the mask and talking about Justin Trudeau and his mask and, and wearing his mask in various ways to um, cloud who he really is. And that was a very, I think, clever changing of the narrative of the blackface because, as I say, nobody that didn't stick to Trudeau because nobody thought he was a racist. But now there's a question of, is he 
not again someone who he's not as he appears and if that narrative takes off and then people find a way to 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 relate to that part of why they can't vote for Justin Trudeau, then it could open up the election in ways that we haven't seen yet. Well, I think people who don't like Justin Trudeau already think that. I don't know about if people but who I, but like not, him think that, you know But what I'm I mean? not I sure. I think the dissatisfaction with the liberals hasn't translated into a Tory vote yeah. yet. It's yeah. still it's still percolating and not it hasn't landed. And, and uh, you know, to, to John's, uh, uh, you know, approval and applause of the NDP performance, I mean, that, that works to the Conservatives' favor if, if the left vote is split and Jagmeet Singh does well. Charles? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, in terms of what other Conservatives are saying, I'd point to Jenny Byrne, who was on television mm. last night, saying... Uh, yeah, well, that's, I was surprised by that, boy. I have boy. to say... Probably the biggest winner out of this was the prime minister. And that and that speaks to the fact that when you're the incumbent, as Stephen Harper found out the hard way in 2015, you can expect a lot of blows to be coming your way. It's difficult to be the incumbent first minister in that kind of debate situation, federally or provincially. I also noticed Tom Mulcair said uh, of uh, Trudeau, overall, Trudeau was strong. I don't think anyone knocked him out of the ring, which is uh, pretty high praise indeed. And, you know, there were a lot of points in the evening when, when the prime minister was on the offensive with regards to climate change and the lack of a conservative plan in that regard, with regards to Mr. Shear's tax breaks for the wealthiest Canadians, with his failure to release, release his platform and the associated costing. And then inexpli- just out of nowhere in the last half hour of the debate, um, Mr. Trudeau out of nowhere raised the whole basket of social issues. And Mr. Shear, I suppose, to his credit, came out and admitted that he is in fact pro-life, and uh, which I think was an important point of clarification. Yeah, the, he did that last week, and, and it took a lot of badgering to get him to actually come out and say it. I, I think that he looked better for saying it. Let's take a couple of calls. Marissa in Etobicoke. Hi, Marissa. Hey, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. I just want to make a couple of comments regarding the debate. There was, for me, there was no clear winner. If I was an undecided uh, before, I'd still be undecided. Thus far, since the campaign has started, I think I have been pleasantly surprised by Mr. Singh's performance. And my interesting comment for Mr. Shear is that one of the things that he's going to reduce is uh, foreign aid and take some of the foreign aid to help our people. Well, where was Mr. Harper, Mr. Harris on the indigenous people? What did they do for them? Also, one other thing, Libby, I want to applaud the QP people. I am a retired 29-year employee as a school secretary, elementary, and I want to applaud them for being so determined and their stamina and their first-class act. QP support are the backbones of our educational system, and we work very closely in collaboration with our teachers. I got off the boat in 1956 in Halifax. Okay, okay. I think we're 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 veering a little off topic there, Marissa. But thanks for your thing. call. Can I say okay. one more thing? We've got Francis in Oakville. Hi, Francis. Just wanted to make a little remark about the the debate last night. I didn't like Mr. Shear uh, calling uh, Trudeau a fake, uh, a fraud. That's not prime minister. I am not a liberal. And this um, line that sure made up my mind to not to vote conservative. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. And I'm naming him now. 
Trump the North. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for that, Francis. Okay. Well, um, well, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head that it was a risk doing that. And, and, uh, that was, uh, one of the downsides of the risks that we just heard. Yeah. And I, and I, there's no question. I think that obviously there's, there's a, a calculation to, to debates and, and all the parties will, will strategize and determine what best uh, they need to do. And, and obviously their team obviously felt that he needed to go strong and hard and, and, uh, and, and, um, and he did so, but it's, there's, it's, you're going to, not support people are not going to support some of that moves and others are going to i i think by and large that there was a problem with respect to to um uh, andrew Shear not breaking through the crowd and not breaking through the noise and this might have done it uh in some way that's going to be positive for him but um people will vote i think based on who they feel you know for those who voted for justin trudeau and made him the prime minister in a, in a significant majority four years ago uh if those people stay with him he'll win again and he'll win a majority government, but the polls aren't showing that. So there's obviously some discontent out there with respect to him because of the fact that the polls show that there's a tightness out there. So there is strategic some strategic thinking going on saying, well, the same people who were there before aren't there now. Where are they going and how can we get them? And I think that's the calculus that the parties are making. Charles? You know, it, the, the polling has been fascinating. I mean, right now you have a situation where roughly 35% of Canadians are prepared, who will vote are prepared to vote Liberal, roughly the same amount, maybe a, a, a sliver less prepared to vote Conservative. And 25%, you know, constitute the support for both the NDP and the Green Party. Um, and the remainder goes to the Bloc and uh, the People's Party, et cetera, et cetera. I think what's going to be really interesting is what happens with that 25% who are currently um, intending to vote Green or leaning Green or leaning NDP. I think if they see this as a straight two-way fight between the Liberals and the Conservatives and they have an opportunity to impact on the ultimate outcome, you're going to see a lot of those people bleed off and go liberal in the in the coming days. And if that's the case, then we could very well be talking about a liberal majority. Well, I guess that's what you're hoping for. Uh, just on that point, though, I think Charles makes an interesting point with respect to, to that breakout. But I think, and Elizabeth May said it quite poignantly last night at the debate where she turned to Justin Trudeau and said, you know, how disappointed she was in his climate action and his environment plan and, and basically said, I hope to God you don't get a majority government. There are people that, that aren't going to vote strategic in that way, but will look at it and say, yeah, you know what? She's right. I don't want him to have a majority government. I want, I want either one of them to have a minority government and put the power in either the NDP or the Green. That'll be an interesting dynamic, how that vote splits. Uh, yeah, especially since the NDP has said they won't work with the conservative, a conservative yeah. government. I, and I'm, I'm just surprised, actually, that the Green Party hasn't picked up more traction, to be candid, mm -hmm. because I thought this was really their election that they could make their case. And um, so far, it's just not translating. Like, their their numbers are staying where they are in the polls, but the but that support is spread so thin, it probably isn't going to translate into many more seats than they have now. Um, I might be wrong, but um, they might pick up another couple, but they're still not going to be an official party. And uh, this was their opportunity, and I, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to seize it. Well, uh, it's interesting because at the beginning of the campaign, it looked like the NDP was going to be wiped out. Yeah. And the Greens were going to do better, and that's not exactly happening, though. Uh, let's talk about this whole Quebec factor. It still looks like um, much, if not all, of the NDP support in Quebec, and they have 15 seats. They're going to go to the Bloc Québécois. Yeah, and I thought um, um, 
uh, Eves did a, a very good job last night. And as far as, you know, in an English debate where, where most of the people are, are looking at this are not going to focus on him necessarily and his yeah. messages, because of course he's made it clear that his only interest is Quebecers and Quebec yeah. people. So that eliminates, you know, other provinces and territories from, from, from this equation. But, but I think his, from a strategic vote perspective, the block rising is going to be significant. I think it'll take away, certainly it'll hurt the conservatives, which is why you saw, uh, Eves and, and, uh, and Andrew Scheer going after each other as well as, as the NDP, because that that vote, the NDP need to hold their seats. The majority of their seats are in Quebec. If they, they lose won't. that, and if they lose those, he's in big trouble. Because that's why he's spending his, the, the most of his time either in Quebec or in BC. Well, yeah, and it's it's interesting that Bill Twenty One, the bill uh, banning people in in public service jobs from wearing religious symbols or headgear. You know, that was a, a big issue in the debate. And, you know, I would agree with whoever said that they're all a bunch of chickens mm-hmm. uh, by trying to stay away from it, saying they wouldn't challenge it in the courts because uh, they want those seats in Quebec because most Quebecers like it. I mean, the only thing, you know, Trudeau was trying to make himself out to be a big hero because he said he's left the option open, Charles Bird. I mean, was 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 that a a principled and and courageous position? Oh well, let's let's be clear. If you're if you're prime minister of this country, you you need to let these kinds of um, decisions come through the court system in a very orderly and measured fa- way. And for him to come out prematurely and take it and say a law that at the moment is perfectly legal as much as many of us disagree with it fundamentally. It is well within the rights of the government of Quebec to have enacted this law and until there are a sufficient series of court challenges, um, then it's really not the place of the Prime Minister to intervene. I mean, he and his cabinet and the government as a whole and Parliament as a whole can change the law, they can do a number of things, but I think he's taking uh, absolutely the right approach. And I'll say last night, um, that he was able to differentiate himself from the other leaders. And this is an area where Jagmut Singh is, is actually quite weak. I mean, he is going to be – the NDP, unless things change radically, are going to be reduced to either zero seats or one seat in Quebec. The one seat they're still viable in is that belonging to Ruth Ellen Brousseau, who many of us will remember famously as being the person who spent the 2011 campaign in Las Vegas and was elected on the strength of the, the orange wave of Jack Layton. And so the, the irony of that situation is that if um, Jagmeet Singh is obviously having a a reasonably good campaign, he's uh, performing effectively, he had a reasonably good debate where many people felt he was the most likable, that he many felt he won the debate. But the reality is if they get wiped out in Quebec and lose seats in the rest of the country, uh, his party will put him to the sword in short order. Mm-hmm. But I, from a, a nation perspective, I, I think that bill is very alarming, to be candid. And the fact that it might be legal in Quebec doesn't make it morally okay. And the fact that Jadmeet Singh had the only moral authority to stand up and say, look, I'm running for I'm running for prime minister of the country, but the reality is I can't hold any job in the public sector in Quebec. And that's not okay. People pointed it out. That's not okay. And for Trudeau to say, well, I might intervene, I might have. Like, guys, I know this is about Quebec seats. I get that politically, but morally, take a stand that's right for the country. And most of the country, I think, is not in favor of this ban because it is outrageous. It is absolutely outrageous. 
And, and, and Jagmeet, obviously, who, who points himself to say, you know, look at me, I'm the one that should be the, yeah. the most offended by it. And, and he does. And he says that by him going to Quebec, it, it, it should somehow dissuade people or at least learn people about this whole issue. But I think he got himself in the trouble in the, in the scrum, the post-debate scrum last night, uh, where he somehow brought in the Supreme Court. And if it got the Supreme Court, he would somehow review and intervene. And the Quebec media were on him quite strongly uh, in that scrum to say, are you saying, Jagmeet, that that you're going to interfere when it gets to the Supreme Court or before it gets to the Supreme Court. Charles is absolutely right with respect to how you deal with it. It's a it's a law that's in it's in a province. You have to respect that. There are challenges that you can do from a federal perspective, but he got himself into some trouble, which I think is going to cause him some consternation today and 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 maybe a clarification uh, at some point. Okay, uh, so Charles, do you think you won anybody over? Me personally, I well, like to think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, uh, in terms of last night, um, again, I'd, I'd reiterate the Prime Minister going back again and again and again to his key messaging, which is meaningful action on climate change, having put a price on pollution. You know, that's 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 a very, very meaningful act in terms of uh, actually combating or reducing carbon emissions. Going back again and again to the fact that Mr. Shear's proposed tax breaks disproportionately favor the wealthy over the middle class, over the working class and those working to join it. Um, and again, um, these social issues, they just don't go away. I mean, the, the woman's right to choose is fundamental in this country and, and it continues to be an issue and is likely to be an issue going forward. I would just say, the, John, John, I don't think it's an issue. <laughs> John Iveson at the National Post um, this morning put it very succinctly. He said, the loser in all this was Andrew Scheer. The conservative leader needed to have a big night after a week in which his reputation was pounded by his opponents for the alleged lack of transparency on his resume, his views on issues of conscience and his nationality. And if the Tories lose, lose this election, putting a price on carbon is an issue they will likely have to re revisit or risk being left looking like a BlackBerry in an iPhone world. Mm -hmm. And I, I carry a BlackBerry, so I feel pretty Me too. I carry one friends. too. I hate it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Karen? Yeah, I think that um, I still don't. I still don't think that the um, the polling is reflective of where the election will end up. And I'm not sure where the shifts are going to come from or how they're going to happen. I think that going into the Thanksgiving Day weekend, I think will there will be important conversations around the table. And if there's going to be a shift, it's going to happen after this weekend. And I, I think that Andrew Scheer did better than expected. I think that no matter what Jagmeet Singh does, it doesn't matter, to be candid. And... Um, I, you know, the rest of it is just really going to be whether or not um, Andrew Scheer, he has a little opening that I think he's created for himself and whether he can make the most of that opening during the rest of the campaign, I think will be his opportunity. I think Charles and the Liberals want social issues to be another a topic, and it's not. I think I think the fact that that Andrew Shear has made it abundantly clear that he's not touching it, he's not going to. I think people have moved on. He's now admitted that he's he's he is who he is and and whatnot, but he's made it clear. So I think that's over with. And I, I think mean, the you issue, know, just to point out that was kind of where Justin Trudeau was at in the last election. He said he believes in a woman. Well, he's different. I mean, from Andrew Shear, I'm not sure Andrew Shear believes in a woman's right to choose, but he said he'd leave it alone. And frankly, I liked 
uh, Jagmeet Singh saying, like, what are the, the men, like, why are they all? Yes. It was particularly offensive in the French debate to have only guys on stage talking about it. But yeah, at least now you have Elizabeth May who, who made a good point about it. But nonetheless, I think that's off the table. But no, I, listen, I, I, there's no question that, that Trudeau should have been, Justin Trudeau should have been uh, going into this with, with no issues at all. He should have been reelected with huge, uh, with a huge majority. The fact that he's not is, uh, is, is troubling, I think, to the liberals uh, and an opportunity for the conservatives, which is why I think they're trying to seize on it. I think yesterday was an opportunity for Andrew Scheer to be able to break away from the crowd and, and actually have people talking about him in a very positive way. I think that might have been the case. And I, and I think over the course of the next two weeks, this, this coming weekend and beyond, is going to show a bit of a breakaway on, on some of this. And we'll see next week uh, how it all plays out. But I think Andrew Scheer did very well in the debate. Okay, well, um, audience, uh, you know, uh, we haven't heard from anybody today who said they changed their mind or made up their mind as a result of what they heard. But sometimes it takes a few days for this to percolate and free for all Friday is coming up. So uh, I will be wanting to hear from you, especially if uh, you change your mind, make up your mind based on anything in the debate or based on anything else. Right now, I would like to thank John Capobianco, Karen Stintz, and Charles Bird. Thanks so much, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.